Hi everyone, Mistress Harley here. I hope you're having another sexy day. I know I am because I'm always having a sexy day. So today's topic is bimbofication. And if you're not familiar with the fetish of bimbofication, you can probably deduce from the root word bimbo that it has something to do with bimbos. Now, this is a fetish that largely revolves around making a female identifying person look hyperfeminate, but bimbofication isn't what you think. It's not just about male fantasies and idealized femininity. Bimbofication can actually be a powerful force for feminism. So, you know I'm going to get to that topic later in the episode. But I always like to start with sex in the news. Because if you're anything like me, you wake up and you scroll your news feeds and see what interesting things are going on in the world. So I'm going to start off today's sex in the news by talking about this news story I keep seeing. And if you're kinky or into the chastity fetish, you've probably seen some variation of this news story too. It has to do with the cellmate chastity device. Now, the cellmate is designed to be used over the internet or long distance. It's part of the Internet of Things, or IoT, for those of you who are familiar with high-tech jargon. So the idea is you lock this chastity device on you, and it's connected to the internet, and a person at any other location that you allow access to your device can lock or unlock your device at their will. But A few months ago, I saw this news story about hackers demand ransom to unlock chastity cages, saying that tech-savvy hackers had gotten into the cellmate systems and were demanding ransoms. But my personal experience with the cellmate chastity device and having used the cellmate chastity device on my submissives is that... First of all, if someone takes over, I'm using air quotes, takes over your chastity device, you probably wanted them to. But really, the cellmate is such an inferior product that I have a hard time believing these stories. I think that perhaps, in my opinion, these stories are actually being propagated by the cellmate company to create press around how inescapable their chastity cages are. But I have some personal experience with the cellmate. I've used it on many of my slaves long distance, and really, the app doesn't connect to the device or loses connectivity often, and sometimes it locks or unlocks itself, just like restarting your computer happens sometimes without your consent. And ultimately, a lot of my slaves have had problems keeping this device on. It's kind of bulky. The Bluetooth I IoT part is like as big as a remote control for your television. It's not as small and slick as like an SD card. So ultimately, most of my slaves have had an incredibly difficult time keeping the device on. And ultimately, there is a 
thinner metal part of the device, or maybe it's plastic. I haven't actually worn one, being that I don't have the parts. But my guess is you can have that metal or plastic piece cut through by a EMT person. If you went to the emergency room and said, I need this off of me, they would be able to cut it off you. And so this idea that hackers are ransoming chastity cages seems a little bit suspicious to me. This is all alleged. I have no facts. This is just my opinion based on my own experience with these cellmate cages. So in October of 2020, I started seeing these stories that the app-controlled cellmate chastity cages were being remotely locked by hackers and getting messages saying, your cock is mine now, and demanding hundreds of dollars worth of Bitcoin to unlock the device. They probably got the idea from me. That's shockingly similar to the kinds of chastity play that I do. But now there are some rumors that the company, which is Q-I-U-I, is going to be releasing a second version of this notorious chastity cage. And so do you see how these stories seem to kind of be promotion? They seem to be shocking stories about hackers and chastity cages, but really it's a release notice saying, we're making a version two. And so there seems to be some rumors that there are new chastity cages by the cellmate company and that perhaps they will include electro-stim with the ability to shock the cocks as well as lock the cocks. And I'm fully behind this technology. But you know, they haven't said they're going to make any security improvements considering they've been hacked. And really, I think that this is just like Apple. New spooky leak of the new iPhone. They just want you to click on it to know they're releasing a new thing. So I'm really hoping that they are and that the next version of this chastity device is actually better because I'm just dying to have better long-distance chastity devices. So far, the only thing I've found that works really, really well from long-distance is a lockbox that I can lock your keys in. That way, if someone has a device locked on them, I can send them this lock with my phone already set up to be able to lock or unlock the box, and I put your chastity the keys in there, or you put them in there, and then I know you can't get those keys out unless I allow you to. And there is a sensor on the box, so if you force it open, then I would know that as well. But most importantly, it's just about how we can integrate sex even more into our play. And really, anything that allows for long-distance control is the most fun. Knowing that you could give your chastity the keys to me, a world-famous dominatrix, or your girlfriend or boyfriend or pretty much anyone you want, that's a very exciting advancement in technology. Just like so many 
of the distance dog toys that have become popular recently, where you can put your doggy on a doggy cam and give him doggy treats from far away while you're watching him. It's all about bringing these technologies to the fun and kinky play that we enjoy. So I really hope that this next version of the soulmate is good because I just cannot handle how bad the technology has been so far. Other sex in the news is, I guess, some of the adult awards are coming up, and you already know that I think adult awards are just even more of a masturbation fest, except the adult award industry is pretty much about getting sex workers to show up at their event and work for free, do free promos and pictures with fans and do awards and get awards, but awards are not money in your pocket. And I refuse to go to any of the award shows or events unless I'm sponsored to be there, which means someone pays not just for my appearance at the event, because my time and presence are valuable, but for travel, accommodations, etc. But just like so much of the mainstream sex industry, this is just another way that big companies profit off of individual creators and their fan base. And I firmly believe that creators should be the one profiting off of their content and their fan base. So yeah, watch all those awards and know that all those girls had to pay to be there. It's costing them all money to be there and accept a little statue and say how their porn is great. But does that make them richer? I mean, I really hope so. But from the girls I've talked to, not really. But my favorite sex in the news story this week is about how people who want to have synthetic relationships, which is generally a relationship with a sex-capable humanoid robot, are becoming more and more mainstream. And I think that's kind of cool. I'm sure you're familiar with sex dolls like real dolls and I've seen more than one TV show like My Strange Addiction featuring people that are in what they would call romantic relationships with inanimate or semi-animate sex dolls. When I say semi-animate, I mean some of them have the capability to say your name. Uh, they are not sentient beings. And I think that's part of the appeal. I mean, if the plague taught us anything, it's that sometimes you are trapped in your house with only all the shit you own and whatever you can order off the internet. But AI is getting better and better in terms of input and response. And it seems that the sex doll industry is getting more advanced with their designs as well. And Humanoid robots are totally an accepted and fetishized idea in the mainstream. I can point to so many instances in pop culture where this idea of a human having a relationship with a synthetic computerized being is 
pretty normalized. There's that movie Weird Science from the 80s where the two nerds program their perfect woman and a freak accident brings her to life. There's that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where Geordi LaForge is genuinely trying to solve an engine problem and he's like, computer, synthesize Leah Brom, this engineer that I would really need to talk to to solve this problem. And then While solving the problem, he falls in love with her. But she is not the real her. She is actually a computer-generated hologram that later we learn is nothing like the real Leah Brom, who's kind of a bitch. But I can't blame her. Women in science kind of have to be bitchy just so people take them seriously. I remember that from when I worked in the tech industry. So all that to say, it seems that more and more people are not just interested in having sex robots, but relationships with artificial intelligent humanoid robots. And if you remember Star Trek The Next Generation, Data is programmed to be fully functional in a variety of methods and approaches to sexuality. And we've all imagined what it would be like to be able to program the perfect partner. Luckily, because I'm a dominatrix, I can program my partners to do exactly Exactly what I want. And just like a phone you don't like, if they don't do what I want, I throw them away and get a new one until I find one that I can customize to meet my needs. So you can get a sex robot. That's probably the easiest and most direct method, especially if you have creepy fetishes that no one will put up with, but you can do to a sex robot, then yeah, maybe having a synthetic relationship is the way to go. Imagine a woman who's hot and willing to blow you whenever you want and never yells at you about spending too much time with your friends or spending too much time on the phone or spending too much time with porn. Ultimately, it's like you could create a partner that would never bitch at you. So be a dom or have a relationship with a robot. I guess those are your two choices. I had a chat bot on my site for a long time that would just generate responses based on input that I had already pre-programmed. And those responses were basically 99% of the time, fuck you, pay me. So... Ultimately, we already know that people enjoy synthetic things, whether it's relationships or toys, meaning sex toys, which are synthetic penises and vaginas, for those of you who are unfamiliar with most of the sex toy industry. And so... Really, it just shows us that people are becoming comfortable with robots. I think there's even a movie about a guy who falls in love with the Siri on his phone. So this is an idea that's not just being explored in fiction, but as so often, art reflects life and life reflects art. And just like the chicken-egg problem, there's no way to know, did we imagine this idea and that's why we've developed the technology? Or are we developing the technology and that's giving more and more people the idea? You guys should already know by now that I am pro exploring your sexuality, whether that's sex with robots, sex with yourself, or all kinds of weird toys and fetishes. Also, some dicks on the internet were like, why do you use the word weird? 
because stuff is weird. It's fine. I'm weird. I am not normal, meaning I am an adult woman that only tolerates men that do exactly what I tell them to do and have made that my career. Is that normal based on the bell curve of jobs and society or lifestyles? No. I don't think there's a problem with being a deviant, with being weird. I think that embracing our individuality is what allows us to most fully enjoy life. I guess I'm a hedonist. Life is to be lived. Cookies are to be eaten. Money is to be spent. Drugs are for doing. So, yeah, explore everything as long as it's between consensual adults or inanimate objects. You don't need consent from inanimate objects, guys. Not yet. Although I do think there is a program that the sex doll people are working on in order for the doll to say no. So you would have to get its consent. And certainly, in a Star Trek The Next Generation measure of a man sentient android situation, as soon as something is alive or sentient, you do need its consent. And that was established very clearly in that episode. Yeah, I'm a really big Trekkie. If you haven't looked at my YouTube channel, uh, I have a shit ton of Star Trek reviews. And never forget, I was in the Deep Space Nine documentary, What We Left Behind. And now, I will discuss the exciting fetish of bimbofication and why it's not what you think. But first, because I only do things for money, here's a word from our sponsors. Now, on to our topic. Today's topic is bimbofication, which is ultimately taking any person and making them ultra-feminine, exaggerating all of the features that define femininity. And of course, that varies by society, but we all know what the secondary sex characteristics are of women. Generally, big breasts, big hips, big booty, long legs, skinny waist, symmetrical features. And in Western society, that look is generally referred to as the Barbie look. So blonde hair, lots of makeup, lots of pink, Barbie dream house. But bimbofication is all about seeing how much you can exaggerate those feminine features. In a world where we acknowledge, and I certainly do, that gender is not a binary, everything is on a spectrum. So I know people who are kind of right in the middle and generally consider themselves queer gender or agender who don't do things that are feminine or masculine. They don't do them for those reasons. They might dress however they want. They might date whoever they want. They might look however they want, ultimately rejecting gender norms. And that's totally cool. Obviously, I fall on the feminine end of the spectrum, meaning that I do things that exaggerate my femininity. I have breast implants to make my breasts even bigger. I get my nails done to make my nails look longer. And of course, these are things that in the society I live in signal 
traditional ultra-feminine, hyper-feminine. I wear clothes that some people might consider risque, short skirts, high heels. I only buy tops that have a plunging neckline. So I like to exaggerate my femininity. I think it was maybe RuPaul who said, we are born naked and everything else is drag. And I do agree with that statement. Once everyone takes off their clothes, the male and female differences are really limited to genitalia and secondary sex characteristics. Pretty much every society uses some kind of decoration or clothing or adornment like jewelry to delineate between the sexes, whether that's because the society has distinct roles for genders or to simply flag. And when I say flag, I mean flagging, like the gay community uses. If you're not familiar with flagging or the hanky code, it's a way to indicate to somebody that you are into something and that you're looking for someone who's into what you're into. And so the hanky code has been used for a long time, and especially in the past when gay people were terribly stigmatized and always trying to find ways to hook up with each other, but on the sly, because you might get hurt or attacked if someone who wasn't gay realized that you were gay and trying to hook up with someone. So the hanky code is a long-standing tradition of the LBGT community. And when I say flagging, I think of the hanky code. And just a quick aside on the hanky code, the pocket that you wear the hanky in indicates your role as the top or the bottom, and the color indicates specifically what you're into. So for example, I think the hanky code is uh, not consistent on the internet. That's really what it is. You go and look up the hanky code and they're like 10 different ones and none of them agree. But what we all agree with is that the code means something. And I've always known that uh, S&M was black, the black hanky. And of course, when you wear it in your right pocket, it means you're the bottom. And when you wear it in your left pocket, it means you're the top. I never stop thinking about flagging because really gender expression is flagging. You're flagging for single. You're flagging for interested. You're flagging for I'm looking. And women do this in totally straight society. A woman with full makeup and her hair done and a matching outfit is flagging for successful, flagging for I care about how I look, flagging for feminine. And ultimately, bimbofication is about flagging as feminine and as slutty and open to sexual advances as you possibly can. That's the idea. Yes, I too am into bimbofication. I actually am a very uh, slim build person. I'm tall, but I ran so many marathons for so long that I was tall and skinny and kind of had small boobs, small ass, fit, but small. And I wanted to flag for 
come talk to me and give me what I want. So I started noticing that the more feminine that I was, the more men would basically do anything for me. And when I say anything, I mean, buy me dinner, buy me a house. And I didn't have to have sex with them. I didn't have to do anything I didn't want to do. But just by looking a certain way, I was treated a certain way. And I decided to exploit that loophole. So for me and my journey of bimbofication is I've had a couple of boob jobs to make my breasts, overfilled, extra large implants. I have Botox and filler to exaggerate my lips and make everything look smooth and perfect like we all like and to prevent wrinkles. Ladies, if you get Botox when you're young, you won't get as many wrinkles when you're old because you're not using those muscles on your face. So what other plastic surgeries do I like? Uh, I don't know. Like just anything to make you look hotter, available, and sexy. And you can use that power for evil, ladies. And that's why I say that bimbofication is not what you think. Traditional old school 60s feminists look at a bimbofied person. So let's say someone who looks like a Barbie doll with lots of makeup and lots of hair and really sexy outfits. They look at her as someone that has molded themselves for men for the purpose of men. She is doing to her body and her looks what men want her to do. And I hate this approach. And honestly, this is just old feminism. I'm sorry, old feminists. Thank you for paving the way for women to be able to vote and wear what we want and be able to get divorced. Thank you. But In a free society, a woman can look however she wants to look for whatever purpose she wants to look. I think about bimbofication as using the patriarchy against the patriarchy. So if this is what men want women to look like, oh yeah, I'll look exactly like that. And then I will rob you blind. I will use it to make me rich because I see bimbofication as an exploit. I know that if A guy's dick gets hard, his brain gets dumb, as you might remember from one of my songs on my first album, Tech Dom, Financial Domination, on all the streaming places. But I just want to be able to exploit men, and it made it easier and easier, and I got to look more and more like a comic book supervillain. It's almost Halloween, which means, of course, I have to repost my Poison Ivy cosplay. It is one of my favorites. Plus, it goes with my tattoos. I've got those vines on my right leg, and I've got all these nature themes, like my wings made of feathers and flowers on my back. So Poison Ivy is one of my favorite cosplays. But you guys... I'm doing seven of nine from Star Trek Voyager cosplay this year. I already have all my costume pieces and I'm so excited because you guys know by now I am such a geek and I do like doing cosplay, but 
I think Halloween is officially cosplay season. Oh, yes, and Halloween starts in September now. If the asshole Christians get to get all of November and December for fucking Christmas, then I get Halloween, September, October, November, and instead of a Christmas tree, I think I'm going to get one of those 12-foot skeletons. So, yeah, happy Halloween. Tis the season. Deal with it. But really, the last thing I have to say about bimbofication is that, yes, it is about altering yourself to look a specific way, to adhere to a specific aesthetic, just like being goth. And I was goth in high school. I feel like I'm still goth in my heart. And really, aren't we allowed as women to do whatever we want with our bodies, even make it adhere to a specific beauty standard? I find that the women that hate the bimbo beauty standard are women who can't adhere to it. They are resentful of it, usually because they're fat. Sorry, fat girls, but I wouldn't care if you didn't rail on why like bimbos are so pathetic and they just do what men want and she looks like a whore and all the slut shaming. I once had a girlfriend say, uh, what do you think that woman looks like? She looks like such a whore. And I said, that woman is driving a Mercedes and has $10,000 plastic surgery boobs and a $10,000 Botox face. So I think she looks rich. So that's my revenge on the patriarchy, using their own weapons against them. Maybe I'm taking back the bimbo aesthetic. No, bimbo meant vapid in the past, like, oh, she doesn't have two thoughts in her brain because she's such a bimbo. But really, bimbo just means you look a certain way, you like looking that way, and like me, you can have a master's degree or another form of graduate degree or status or a high job. Being a bimbo is only demeaning if, like Eleanor Roosevelt said, you allow it to be. No one can hurt your feelings without your permission, I believe is what she said. But ultimately, no one can define what your look says about you. I love being a contradiction. I love that when people look at me and see that I am tattooed from my face to my feet and that I have huge double K boobs, they immediately dismiss me as some kind of vapid moron. And then I enjoy the process of correcting them and telling them about my various degrees, my areas of specialization and expertise, and how I used all of those things to make myself successful independent, and a millionaire. So yeah, look however you want to look, do what you want to do, fuck how you want to fuck. Ultimately, that's the kind of freedom I stand for. And that's why I'm a bimbo and so should you. Now, as always, I do have some fun and exciting listener mail. You pervs can also send me a message and be featured on listener mail. Just go to mistressharley.com slash 
podcast and click the button that says message. When you click the message button, the computer will ask for access to your microphone. Then you can record a message and send it to me. So you can ask me your questions on bimbofication or any other fetish. You can even ask me rude and personal questions and maybe I'll answer them just for the content. So let's hear what our first caller has to say. Oh yeah, Mistress Harley. You watch pro wrestling? <laughs> uh, thank you for the ghost of Randy the Macho Man Savage for asking me that question. If you follow me on Twitter at TechDom, then you know that I watch pro wrestling. I fucking love pro wrestling. I watch all pro wrestling. I've been recently re-watching the like old stuff. And when I say re-watching, I mean just like on streaming because I didn't really get to watch old wrestling when I was a kid because when I was a kid, old wrestling was in the past. Like I started watching wrestling in the 90s. And when I say the 90s, China, Triple H, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, and Rob Van Dam. I had my favorites, and I didn't keep up with wrestling 100% of the time, but I always had a wrestler that I would tune in for. Recently, CM Punk came back to television after like 10 years, almost 10 years of no CM Punk. And he's on AEW, and I like the burgeoning AEW. I like Cody Rhodes. I mean, the American dream. Uh, I love the Rhodes family, and I just like seeing young upstart wrestling go up against the WWE, which is kind of the wrestling monopoly. They do have some excellent talent that they never, never use. When the fuck will Ricochet be in the main event? Okay, I'm sorry, everyone who's not a wrestling fan. I'm sorry. But the Macho Man did ask, and I did have to answer. So you can always ask me more wrestling questions. You can call me on many services, including Sext Panther, and talk to me about wrestling. I will talk about wrestling with anyone. So call me and tell me who your favorite wrestlers are, your favorite matches, your greatest moments. I only recently realized that China is only five foot ten and I'm six feet tall and I could have been China. Like, I should have been China. Oh my God. I guess I'm China now in my own way, meaning that I work out way too much and I completely dominate and destroy men and I have a lot of fun doing it. Mm, so I guess the next question better be kinky, right? Next caller. Mistress Harley, how big are your boobs? All your rude questions answered because I'm being paid to be here. So as I mentioned earlier, my boobs are 32 double K. But that also is with my 2000 cc implants. And yeah, us girls into bimbofication are into cc's. So the more cc's, the bigger your implants. And of course, there are bigger implants out there, but maybe I'll go bigger. 
Who knows? The 32 means I have 32 inches around my rib cage. <laughs> so relatively small rib cage and big bust. If you want to buy me bras in 32 double K, please do because they're expensive and I usually have to have mine custom made. So if you want to pay for my bras and literally support my boobs, my shipping address is on my website, mistressharley.com slash pay me has my shipping address and you can always send me bras and corsets that will fit my giant boobs. So your rude question is answered by saying pay for them. But that's about all the listener mail I have in me today. As always, if you want to be a part of listener mail, you can send your messages on mistressharley.com slash podcast and click the send a message button. On mistressharley.com, you can find links to everything. My Twitter, which is at TechDom, Instagram, my YouTube, which is YouTube slash Mistress Harley. Watch all of my Star Trek and wrestling rants. And of course, I'm fucking everywhere. My music is on TikTok. Use my music in your next TikTok video. So really, there's no excuse to not be consuming my content all the time. I'll see you next time on the Sexuality and Fetish Podcast with Mistress Harley.